mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. like me it's probably not too good I think I heard brother Donnie make the statement one time that if you took all the elements of the human body and added it up the, the value I think I think he said and don't hold me to this but I think he said it was like $3.49 so you're looking at a $3.49 piece of dirt but when he saw that dirt he saw something priceless and that line in that song that said, He looked beyond my fault and He saw my need. He knew what I needed to take that $3.49 piece of dirt and turn it into an eternal being. Aren't you wonderful? Aren't you just so happy 
that he done that for us. Let's sing that chorus one more time. And just I just want you to raise your hands to it. Just let the words resonate out. And think about what he done. It's a, it's a cloudy, cool morning outside, but it is warm in here. I can already feel his presence. And let's just sing that chorus to him one more time. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. shadows in the light of you. When I found the joy of reaching your heart, when my will becomes enthroned in your life, when all things that Become shadows in the light of you. I worship course again, I worship you.
If you just loosen up, let your heart flow with the Spirit. Amen. You can be set free and you can have that joy. Let's uh, try to key a B flat. I want to do this old song. I sang it here a couple weeks ago, but I just keep singing this song. I don't know about you, but I know there's a lot of depression and a lot of things around us now, a lot of anxiety. But to me, it's a joyful time if you know what we know. Amen. We're, we are... We are that close to leaving all of this behind. 
And if you grab a hold of that, you can have that joy in your heart. Let's sing that old song. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. I got to, I keep the, uh, the, uh, people back there with the words on edge. They never know what I'm going to do. So I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every need while I sit and learn at Jesus' feet. I am free, yes, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing I am saved from the awful guilt of sin. And it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so near, I can see His smiling face. And it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. Oh, play a musician. waves of glory roll. It is like a great overflowing well springing up within my soul. And it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of time now. Yes, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. Everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy, 
over there. Oh, there's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond, where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share, where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over there. Yes, everybody will be happy. Shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers will be singing around the throne in that land where no one ever knows a care. And the Christians of all ages will join in that triumph song. Everybody will be happy over there. Everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. There we'll meet the one who saved us and who kept us by his grace and who brought us to that land so bright and fair. We Praise His name forever as we look upon His face. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, one more time now. Oh, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, you ain't got to wait till you get over there to be happy. Amen. Won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear, joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful? Oh, sing it again, saints. Oh, yes, won't it be wonderful there? Oh, think about it. Having no burdens to bear. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? One more time now. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Having no to bear joyously singing with heart bells all ringing oh on it be wonderful there because he lives I can face tomorrow be Because he lives. Think about this line right here. 
the throne, take that promise with you and your your faith and everything's going to be okay. And let's remember these uh, prayer requests. We want to remember the Browns who's not with us today. Uh, I believe they're down in Florida. It was uh, Brother uh, Jaron's grandmother's birthday, I think it was, and they're down in Florida. We want to remember Sister Kim Ward who is uh, not with us this morning. She's uh, suffering with a, a migraine headache. We want to remember uh, Brother, Brother Peter Coffey and the family. They're all dealing with some colds this morning. We want to uh, remember uh, the Pascals. Brother Joe, had, they had planned to be here, and uh, last night he got called in. He's the only person that was able to, to work on what needed to be worked on, and he's just asking everybody to remember him, that the Lord will open up some doors for him there as well. Um, we want to uh, remember the drums, who's not uh, here with us uh, this morning. Also, we want to continue to remember uh, Sister Sherry Holly, uh, who had had uh, COVID. She's uh, recovering. Thank the Lord for that. The Lord is answering prayers. We just continue to hold her up. Also, we want to remember the Smiths, and uh, we want to remember the uh, Reynolds, who are traveling out west um, this weekend. So I know there's probably many unspoken prayer requests among us. Just remember to pray for each other. I just read this morning where Brother Branham said to, to pray for, for the others. Pray for somebody else, too. We're all part of the body, and when one part hurts, we all hurt. Uh, we want to continue to remember also uh, Brother David uh, Whitlock and his family at the, the 
passing of his unexpected passing of his sister, so let's hold them up in prayer. Brother Ben, if you'd come take these requests before the Lord this morning. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, it truly is because you live, Lord, that we can face tomorrow. And we're so thankful for that, Lord. When uncertain times come, when things may seem to the world as in chaos, we are so thankful, Father, that because you live, we can face tomorrow. And Lord, we are so thankful for that this morning. Lord, we truly are a needy people, though, Lord. And as our brother Keith, Lord, read all these prayer requests and mentioned all the needs, Lord, and we raised our hands to say, Father, lots of us have unspoken prayer requests. Lord, we just ask that you will come and meet those needs, Father. You know every single one of them, Lord, whether they're spiritual, Lord, whether they're financial, Lord, whether they're physical, Lord. I thank all of the members of the Bride Father that are facing this disease, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just ask that you will go and be with them, Lord. Remember this morning our friend, Sister Kay Barber, that's in the hospital, Lord, this morning with the COVID, Lord. We just ask, Father, all the needs, Lord, that you would be with each of them, Lord Jesus, this morning. Lord, we are here to hear the word, though, Father. And, Lord, we just ask that you will come and speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, to help us give us strength, Father. Lord, to help us to be better Christians, Lord. That is why we are here, Father. And, Lord, we ask that you will help us to do our part this morning, Father, with the speaker. Help us to pull, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask that you will continue to bless our brother Keith and the musicians as they lead us in singing, Father. Lord, may we worship to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ben. You all may have your seat. Um, we've got a couple of uh, specials this morning. Brother Matt would come and be getting ready to, to give one. Sorry to keep you all standing for so long. Uh, it's been a while since I've been here, and uh, I just get excited when I get to come into the house of the Lord and offer up praise and worship. He's been so good to me, and he's so good to us. And uh, I just trust you come expecting a good time today. Because I truly believe in my heart that the Lord has got something wonderful for us. Brother Matt.
God only knows. I'm glad He sees through eyes of love a hopeless case, an empty space, if not for grace. Amazing. song I love that I had asked uh, Brother John if he would sing this song here. I, I admit I'm not really too much in touch with some of the, the newer the newer music, but there's some of it that really speaks to me. And he sung this song here, I don't know, it, it may have been a year or so ago, but I, I just heard it um, and it really touched me and I thought it would be fitting for him to uh, to sing this song today and I had asked him to do it. If you've got chains... He's a chain breaker. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. We are such a blessed people. God bless you, Brother John. Thank you, Brother. Throw that song where the mat. That's really good. I tell you, um, I was thinking in my Bible study this morning, reading about David. And uh, there was a time in his life when he went over to the, into the Philistines' camp. And he was, uh, he was chained there. He was bound there. He was a prisoner there. And, um, and, but while he was there, out of that he wrote two great psalms, Psalm 34 and Psalm 36. And both of those songs say, you deliver me from death. And those are prophetic psalms. They're messianic psalms. 
And, uh, and David, he's a type of Christ. And I think he looked forward and saw his descendant hanging on the cross. And in Psalm 34, he said, not a, not a one of his bones shall be broken. He'll remain whole. And I believe he looked up and he saw the cross there. And, he, and um, when David was bound, he went into the, to the Philistines. On his way there, he picked up the sword of Goliath. And it's a type of Christ entering hell. And when Christ was on the cross, when he came off the cross and he went down to, to deliver that sermon to the souls that were in prison, he took the stinger of death with him. And when he came out and he burst those gates up and wide, David couldn't burst the gates up and wide. But he began to, uh, in a state of sort of madness, he began to, the Bible says, to, to scrabble upon the walls, upon the gates themselves. And, uh, and they said he's a madman. And in the, in the Hebrew it said he made the, he made the mark of the top, which is the last letter of the Greek, of, of the Hebrew alphabet. And in the, in the Hebrew, the Paleo Hebrew there, it's the symbol of a cross. And he was scrabbling the cross on the gates of the Philistines as, as, as he frothed at the mouth and he was praising the Lord and he was composing those Psalms, 34 and 56. And you know, David didn't have the power to break up in those gates, but Christ has the power. Christ has the ability to break up in those gates. And you know what? He leaves those captives free. Thank you, brother. I knew there was something wrong there. All right, go ahead. and Let me do this first. You don't need to hear this anyway. <laughs> so I was just rejoicing this morning reading that about how David, um, seeing his descendant Christ break those gates open, was scribbling the mark of the cross on the gates of Achish. There in Gath in the land of uh, the Philistines. And it just did my heart good because, you know, I want to be like Christ here as well. And I can't do the things sometimes that Christ does. But I'm, I'm going to still s- s- scrabble the mark of the cross on every wall that I come across. Amen? Yeah. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. You've been trying to fill the same old holes inside, but there's a better life. There's a better life. You got pain. He's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, Saving, he's a prison shaking savior. You got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out by the same old fight. We've all run the things we know. Just ain't right, but there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom and saving. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain taker. 
If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, why don't you testify? If you believe it, if you've received it, if you can feel it, why don't you testify, testify? If you believe it, if you received it, if you can feel it, why don't you testify? If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom and saving, He's a prison-shaking Savior. If you got chains, He's a chain breaker. Sing it with me, the chain breaker. Let's all stand and sing it with me. If you he's got, got pain, He's a pain taker. Hallelujah. If you feel lost, He's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain. Oh, we'll sing it one more time now. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom and saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. Amen. I believe we're ready to receive that. You bring those chains right here to this altar today. You can leave here free. Amen. Let's sing that song as Brother Barry comes. Open our ears. We want to see
presence this morning. Amen. I'm going to have you just remain standing if you don't mind. I'd like to sing one more little chorus, have your way, and uh, let's go before him this morning in prayer if you don't mind. We want to remember uh, Brother Fulcher uh, this morning. His blood pressure has dropped pretty low and uh, just kind of been a rough couple of days for him. And we'd ask you, if you don't mind, just to hold that need this morning in your prayers. I wanted to ask you also as well to remember Sister April uh, Grant. She's working this weekend, but uh, she listens faithfully, and uh, we certainly miss her. She's, uh, uh, you know, still feeling the loss of Sister Carol. They were great friends and and, uh, very close, and so we want to remember her in prayer. Uh, Two things I want to pass along to you. Sister Erica Reagan, uh, she is doing 
better. She's undergoing treatment still and has one more, I think, before Thanksgiving. And then afterwards, they're going to do a, a PET scan to see her progress. And so uh, Brother Donnie asked me this morning uh, just to remember that need in prayer. And then also, uh, for most of you, I think, may have seen the uh, update for Brother Ron Spencer and uh, some of the issues about the cancer that he has have been resolved. And uh, the doctors are very happy. They, you know, Every time he walks in for an appointment, they're like, whoa, uh, you're not supposed to be here. And uh, so we're very thankful for the progress. We'll take any progress we can get. And uh, they're still doing, uh, in the process still of testing and so forth, but uh, the results are favorable. And uh, we want to thank God for that and just ask that the Lord would continue to undertake for Brother Ron and uh, give him strength. Our God is good. Uh, he is certainly able, and uh, we want to uh, believe that he uh, is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so let's do that this morning. Let's sing a little chorus, Have Your Way, just one time, and then we'll pray. Hold your need there this morning, and uh, let's believe that God is attentive to that as well. Have your way. Father, we know that you are not attracted by the volume of our prayers or the length of our prayers. Lord, we know the thing that attracts you is the language of faith. And Lord, today we just want to say together that we believe, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are a healer. You're one, Lord, who's able to supply in ways, Lord, that we, we sometimes never see, we never see the resources that you have, Lord. We never fully understand or comprehend how you can do the miraculous and the supernatural. But we do believe, Lord, we believe that it's possible. We believe that with you all things are possible. And so we are thankful, Lord, for the good reports that we hear. And now we lift up these needs before you today, Lord. has been mentioned, many of these that Brother Keith has already spoken about, Lord. And we want to just remember Brother Fulcher this morning as well, Lord. And you have blessed him over his 94 years with good health. And, Father, just once more we pray that you would just continue, Lord, to minister strength to him. We commit our needs to you, Lord, because we believe you're a need supplier. And we commit this service to you, Lord, because we believe you are a quickener of your word. So, Lord, just have your way, we pray, and just minister peace and strength to us. Bless our whole day. We give it to you now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. We'll let our musicians take their places and uh, welcome all of you here this morning. 
to the house of the Lord. Uh, good to have uh, Sister Leah's mom with us today. God bless you. Good to have you here. And Sister, Su- Sister Suzanne and Sister Julie, right? God bless you. Good to have you. And the Martins. Good to have the Martins here. God bless you. And uh, good to have all of you here. Appreciate you being so enthusiastic about being here this morning. God bless you, boys. Um, I just want to say very quickly, we are uh, thankful for the work that's gone into having our dinner today. I feel like we're kind of walking down a a narrowing corridor in terms of uh, being able to get together and have a little fellowship. But, uh, and, and, you know, things are changing, obviously, around us. Uh, But uh, for today, we're thankful that we have this opportunity to be able to supply a meal for everybody and a little fellowship uh, I will tell you that they moved, we moved it inside uh, because of the weather conditions out there, so, uh, but I think we'll be spaced enough that it'll be, it'll be good. And uh, uh, they have some, acti- for those of you that are sticking around, they have some activities and things out there for the kids. We have a gift for everybody who's here uh, besides the meal, and uh, they're over there preparing that now, so uh, you just pray that I'll be, I'll be brief because... He who preacheth before the big dinner had better make haste. So, uh, but what is nice about the fellowship hall is that we don't have the food in here now. The smell of that being blown into here, have you noticed? So this is good. Uh, appreciate uh, the Harwells have worked hard in uh, cleaning this week as well and the sanitizing and so forth, getting the fellowship hall uh, ready for us. And so things are, are in good shape out there. And we appreciate their labors as well. Um, I want to, if you don't mind, let's open this up here. Here we go. And we only have one birthday today to announce. I have a few favorite pictures in life, and this is one of them. And uh, this is uh, Brother Joe at the retreat. And uh, like Sister Sarah said, Sister Sarah Coffey, she said, I've waited all these years to get a picture like this for the retreat so we could uh, use it. And it just kind of summarizes everything here. Joe, God bless you. Happy birthday. How old are you going to be on your birthday? 18. Really? 18 years old. Wow. Wow. You know what that means, Brother David? Yeah. Uh, we know what it means. All right. I'm going to show you some things here. I'm really excited to show you. And uh, no one's seen a couple of these uh, that are here today. First of all, I wanted to show you this. This is uh, Spanish Church Age books that are arriving in Tegucigalpa in Honduras, and they finally made it there. I will just say this to you, that in, uh, in, in this work, uh, we've, uh, the printing part is not a challenge to me. Dealing with translators and all of that stuff is not a challenge to me. I don't mind that at all. The challenge is more dealing with the, this little interaction from the boat to the believer, that's where the problem is, and that's where uh, all the skullduggery goes on, and, and uh, you know all these customs people and dock workers and everybody else. They all say the same thing. In every new country that we go into, they all say the same thing. Oh, it's not fully paid for. And now it has been fully paid for, but many times the shipments get held up because everybody wants a cut when it comes into a country there. So it's really important for us to find the right people. They did the same thing in Honduras, but, uh, you know, that's, that's many times that's the hours that I spend, or Sister Sarah or whoever's involved, 
we spend time in working this thing through because that's the last place that, the, that Satan has to slow up the progress. But nonetheless, this is, this is the believers receiving the books on the back of the truck, and they're very excited about that. So we'll uh, be able to get some <clears throat> photographs for you. Now, I've shown you this picture here, uh, and I just wanted to add a little uh, few pieces to the story. Uh, this is the sister who is Mangati, and uh, these are the people who are uh, perhaps some of the most primitive uh, culture, cultural uh, uh, environment in the world uh, left today. It's hard to believe that people live in a, in a society like this, a culture like this, and it's, uh, uh, it's just absolutely amazing because of the primitiveness of, of where these people actually are. So Brother Elias runs into the sister who's there. She can't read, can't write, came across the message 10 years ago, held on uh, until uh, t- three weeks ago, and finally found out that there was a church uh, 50 miles away after 10 years, 50 miles away, and got on a bus somehow and made it uh, to this meeting and met Brother Elias. So once that happened, that triggered a whole series of events now, not only for her, but for the people in her village, because these women are, have come out now and they're curious about uh, what, what, what she believes and want to know more about it uh, and, and so forth. Sister Karen, good to have you with us. I, I saw you there. Good to have you with us here today. And uh, so Brother Elias, who's on, on the right here, and Brother Eli, Bar- uh, Eli Baraki, who is a pastor, and he is a former Maasai, uh, warrior, they, they set off to go and visit this sister in her village. And uh, they made it, and this is uh, some of the pictures that they sent on their journey. And so they went, and this is her home uh, where she lives here. And Brother Elias said that when you, when you go into her home, he said, you, it makes you want to weep. He said because of the, uh, the poverty that she's lived in all her life. Uh, ten years ago, her husband left her home and was never seen from again. Uh, he's vanished. No one knows whether he's dead or alive. So she's been alone because when her children grew up, they left the village to go have a life, is what she said. So they are somewhere, and she has no contact with them, has no interaction at all. They don't know whether her husband is dead or alive. So she's lived in this house for 10 years, and Brother Elias said there's basically nothing in it. There's just, there's just, there's just nothing there. And uh, he said she has a little bit of food and a little bit of uh, fireplace that she cooks from, uh, but, but that's basically it. And so this is her. Her name is uh, Christina. That's what we would say. And then he sent me this part. You can't pronounce the other name, her last name. And he said it's, uh, it's that, just like Palangio. And uh, so that's, that's who she is, and he took these pictures. Now we have a little video clip here. Uh, are you able to pull that up here? And uh, this is just Elias with his phone, and he's, he was there this week and uh, sent this little video clip. And there's no, there's no audio with it here. He was just videoing, and this is, you can see in the background there, uh, this, is, this is just in the middle of nowhere. And this little part in the back here is a structure where she would keep her uh, animals. So if she has any chickens or goats or anything else, you put them in there because the wild animals will eat, would eat it uh, or the, uh, the neighbors would steal it, and especially if she had a cow. But she wouldn't be near wealthy enough to have a cow. 
So that's what the structure is in the back here. But this is Elias just walking around this hut, and, and this, is, this is where she lives. And uh, I, I just thought, my, I would just so love to go there and uh, just visit in this, in this uh, region. All right, real good. So he, he, uh, he videos this, and, and this is the part. Now, Brother Elias is still there. Uh, he left er- earlier in the week, and, and he, made it, uh, he made it there and, and held meetings. He visited her home and wanted to, uh, to meet her. Well, maybe we could watch this. <laughs> wow. And uh, thank you. And so um, he, they, they, held, they held a meeting in a, a, another little place uh, when in, in the area where these Mangati live. And there's a, a brother who's a minister in, among the Mangati people there. So this is Brother Elias, and he's talking with the sisters there when he went uh, you know, on, this, on this journey. And this is Sister Christina, who is over here on the, on the, on the left-hand side. And uh, so he said that they really enjoyed the fellowship together. So this is this morning, and he sent me this church, and this is Duru. And uh, this is uh, uh, all the believers in that area who came together, and be some of the Maasai people. And uh, most of these people, though, he said, are, are Mangati people. And they all came together for this meeting. And, and so he's, he's there now. And I asked him, I said, if you could send a picture of, of the group that you're ministering to. So uh, this, is, uh, this came just before I came out, and I just uh, patched it into the PowerPoint here. And then he took this picture here of two of the sisters. I thought, wow, i got to go there. I would love to go there. That is, that is just so unique, you know, to think about. Uh, these folks in, in this kind of a culture, and uh, you know, none of them would speak English. None of them uh, would have nothing much more than the clothes on their back, you know, and and uh, to be so excited about the message. And all of a sudden now, people are paying attention to him, right? You know, like Elias is there, and he's and the other ministers from his church, and they're saying, "We want to have your picture. We want your name. We want to know about you. We want to hear your story. We want to hear your testimony." Because there's a whole bunch of people in America, who want to hear this. And they're like, they're scratching their heads and they're wondering, why would anyone want to know about us? We've lived here all these years and nobody wants to know about us, you know. And now all of a sudden the message comes. So, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit's been watching out for them over all these years. And, and now here they are, uh, you know, uh, in, in the faith. And, uh, you know, they realize all of a sudden they're, they're, it's dawning on them. They're connected to a body that's, that's all over the world. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're just uh, mystified, if you like. Uh, they're, they're shocked that anyone would be interested in them at all. And uh, these are the kind of people that we're going we're gonna to see when we get over on the other side and probably never see them in this life. But, uh, you know, all of, the, all of the efforts and all of the mission work and everything else, I just think it's, it's just fantastic what the Holy Spirit is doing, despite all the other obstacles that, that we face in the world. And even if I can't go or other missionaries can't go, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit has a way of getting his word out to his people and just finding one here and one there and one there. He knows, doesn't he? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. <clears throat> and I'd ask you, to, you know, in showing you these things, <clears throat> I'd ask you just to remember these folks in prayer and, 
I, I know that, you know, the very best thing we can give to them, if anything that we can do for them, is to give them the message of the hour. You give them the word, give them a Bible, give them the message of the hour. And when they embrace that and believe that, then God has a channel to bless them. He has a way to bless them then and prosper them and provide for them in ways that we can't. If we bought them a car, the car would break down, right? One trip on the jungle road and the car is going to break down. Or if we buy them clothes, their clothes would wear out. But when you give them something eternal and it changes their life and God can bless them through that, he'll provide for them, right? Because he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. So we just believe that, you know, the very best thing we can do for them. Now, after they get the message and, and so forth, then, you know, hey, if we are able to help build a church or whatever else, it's great. You know, provide ministry to go there, it's great. But uh, the best thing we can do is get the word in their hands so that they can allow that word to penetrate in their heart. And that's a great thing. All right, we'll ask you to take your Bible in Proverbs chapter 23. <coughs> Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, and we're going to read three verses here uh, this morning. Verse 17, Proverbs 23. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end. And thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are blessed to see what's happening in other parts of the world. We're blessed now to hear the the reading of the word. But Lord, we want to be hearers and doers. So inspire us, I pray. Inspire us to acts of great faith. And, Lord, we'll give you the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Just wanted to say very quickly that uh, if somebody has to leave after church and you're not going to be staying for dinner, uh, you're certainly welcome to take that with you. Uh, or even if there's somebody who's listening, uh, you know, they're certainly able to let the deacon's wives know, and they'll make sure that everybody gets, gets uh gets fed. We're looking at feeding you in every way we can today. <clears throat> All right, let's, let's just continue in this thought here of the great and final exodus that we've been talking about. And I want you to hold that word expectation in your uh, mind just for a moment here. And uh, we'll, we're, gonna, we're just going to define it here, and then we're going to come back to it again. And uh, I... I know this, that when it comes to, like I said, I think I said last Sunday, that uh, the path for Enoch out of this world was through his testimony and because of his faith, right? He walked with God and he had a testimony that he pleased God. But by faith, God took him for he was not. So the path out was a connection between the testimony of his life and the faith that he had. And, and those two things together are the two things that are included, at least, in the description of the days of the life of Enoch. Now, Brother Manum, many times, and without providing all the quotations for you, because I think you'd know them, Brother Branham connects our going with the life of Enoch. He said it, it, it's a type. It's a, it's a shadow. He said the seventh from Adam and so forth. And, 
uh, Enoch walked with God and then God took him, for he was not. And so if that's our type, then uh, faith is, is a, a critical piece of this puzzle, right? Great faith. Faith not just to believe that God sent a prophet. And faith that uh, is, is greater than just even for the healing of our body. But a faith that actually will activate the change of your body and take you into another dimension. And that's a greater faith than what any of us have exercised because you're all still here. And if you had that faith and that faith was working, you wouldn't be here. Right? So therefore, this great faith that we have is something that we have an expectation for. And the other thing, the other piece of this, the other component, or if you like, the other wing, is this testimony that Enoch had. And uh, this testimony that uh, Enoch had, you know, he walked with God. And uh, I might might just say it this way, uh, and forgive me for uh, maybe just uh, illustrating it this way. But based on the shape of a pyramid, and the body of Christ has been shaped like a pyramid or typed like a pyramid uh, through the ages, the, the, the pathway narrows as we get closer to the top, Right? And, and if things are narrower towards the top, then there's really less room for anyone's ideas but his. Our thinking then needs to be adjusted to make sure our revelation is in the middle of this thing. And not out here and not out here. So as we narrow towards the top, we've got to make sure that our thinking is aligned with his and very centered on the word of God. Very centered on his thinking. And, and that's what's important here because it, it's, it's not a time now for, uh, for us to be, you know, veering off this way, veering off that way. Or, uh, I will tell you this that <clears throat> I, I've noticed this, that, uh, in our time, even though historically we know it's happened, that people have come into the church and influenced people in the church and that's happened in false doctrines and different doctrinal ideas and so forth, it's still possible that that can happen right in our day, right in our assembly. It can happen. And, and there are times when, and Satan is smart enough to know that, uh, you know, we, we have learned uh, the message. We have been taught the message. We have heard the message, and we're very thankful for that. And, and many of you have a great revelation of the message, and that keeps you solid, and that keeps you in tune with God, and that's a great thing. But that does not mean that Satan would not come in and try to influence us. And if he can't do it in, 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 in terms of doctrinal differences, he can do it sometimes in personality differences. Drive a wedge or cause a difference or develop somebody, you know, cause somebody to develop an attitude that's contrary. And all of a sudden that becomes like a, a cell out of whack and it begins to affect the next cell and the next cell and the next cell. And I will tell you what, as great a church as we have and as good a community of believers as we have here, we are not immune from the attacks of Satan because he's got to do whatever he can in whatever way he can to try to infiltrate and to try to pervert and try to slow down or hinder the moving of the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something. The forces of Satan in this world are absolutely against the transformation of your mind in any way he possibly can be against it. In any way he can hinder or slow that down, <clears throat> excuse me, he's going to try to do that. Excuse me, i got a little catch in my throat here. <clears throat> if anybody's thirsty, I have more. 
The Antichrist, we know, the power of the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, all of that, all of that exists in our world, right? It's not going to all of a sudden pop up when the bride leaves here. All of the, all of the potential for all of that is right here. It's already at work in the world, right? John wrote in his epistle, <clears throat> he said false prophets are already gone out in the world. They had it in the early church, and it's never been exercised out of the church. It's still here, right? False things are still here. But I will tell you something. The Antichrist cannot exercise full power as long as the Bride of Christ is here. Because the Bride of Christ represents the blood of Christ in this earth. Do you believe that? So, let me say it this way to you then. That I believe that the Bride of Christ is, to this very end time, what the bumper of blood is to the redeemed. You remember Brother Branham was in that restaurant, you remember, and he saw that woman who was uh, carrying on with the police officers up in, up in Ohio. You remember that? And, and the experience that he had, and he was going to go rebuke her and go talk to her and so forth. And then God gave him the vision of the, the, the globe of the earth and the bumper of blood around it. You remember that? And, and he saw these sins going up there towards heaven. And uh, the, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, hey, these are not anybody else's sins but yours. So the bumper of blood for the redeemed is, hey, listen, it, it's our protection, isn't it? It's our safeguard against judgment. Otherwise, you'd be exposed to judgment just like everybody else. Let me tell you something. The bride still here is a bumper against the full exercise of the power of the Antichrist. Because once the blood is removed from the earth, once mercy is removed from the earth, there is no more mercy. Do you not think that there are forces in this world that if they were unleashed and and able to, would destroy Christianity and destroy closed churches and turn everything around that is of God in this world? Let me tell you, those forces are already here. They're not coming. They're already here. They're just held back because you're here. You, they're held back because you're here. And they will, they will remain to be checked. Those forces of the Antichrist will remain checked until you're gone. And when you're gone, you don't want to be here at all. Because it's going to break wide open, right? So we as the bride of Christ, who represent the blood of Christ, we represent to this end time what the bumper of blood represents to the redeemed. Does that make sense? We, the bumper of blood is that, is that stopgap between the, the, the believer and judgment, <clears throat> or the redeemed and judgment. Because if it wasn't for the blood, you'd be exposed to judgment just like everybody else. And in the same way, if we were not here, this world would be overcome with, uh, with, with the forces of the Antichrist. Uh, I mean, there are millions of demons that have already been loosed out of the river Euphrates, as Brother Branham taught us, already been loosed, already uh, manifesting themselves in the earth. And that's where we see the manifestation of the, of the, the evil and things that we see in the earth today and, and the problems that exist today in this world. I mean, it, 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 it's there. It's not coming. It's there. But it's not allowed to be manifested fully until he who now letteth will let. And he be taken out of the way. So when the bride has left the earth here, the earth is wide open. Except for Israel, the earth is wide open for those forces to be loosed on her. 
I mean, that's a sobering thing. But let me tell you, it's not the, 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 the full impact of the Antichrist has not struck because you're still here. And God, is, God, by his grace, is just holding back those winds of strife and holding back judgment and holding back all the violence and all the other things. Hey, listen, Brother Manham assured us that what was coming, he said, was worse than anything that's ever struck the earth. A tribulation such as no man has ever seen. And that's what's coming for the world. That's what's coming up. I hate to start you off on a negative note here. But that's what's coming for the world. Let me tell you, it's not coming for you. It's not on your menu. It's not on your agenda. Thank God. But it's coming. Because that's what the Bible declares about our time. I will tell you, the thing that holds it all up is you and I and getting the last one in. And it might be those people over in Africa. I don't really know. It might be somebody in your workplace. I really don't know. You know, like somebody like Josh going to a new job here, uh, you know, and interacting with different people. We don't know. That could be somebody right here. It could be somebody in another part of the world. We really don't know. But whenever this last person comes, whenever this last person, uh, you know, uh, comes to the place that they need to be, God is going to take his bride one day. And they will be gone. And then this Gentile world goes into the chaos that's promised uh, in the scripture here. And the light goes back to Israel again. Are we okay? I mean, do we understand that? That is, that is not something that we're excited about. That's not something. Matter of fact, let me give you just a little statement here, if you don't mind. And uh, see, if we can, see if we can just say this the way that Brother Branham says it here. And... Uh, Just see if we can capture it here for a moment. Nope, we'll come to it. We'll come to it. It's this expectation <clears throat> that Solomon writes about. It literally means the thing that is hoped for. It is the thing that uh, is the outcome that's expected. And that outcome can be a positive or a negative thing. Like, uh, we know that there are various outcomes from the days that we're living in. Various uh, results of the prophecies that are made about our time. Where everybody's going is not the same place. And what God is doing is not the same with everybody. Right? The Gentile bride is treated one way. Israel's treated a different way. The, the cosmos is treated another way. Right? So there, there's, there's an expected end. There's an outcome. And what, what Solomon writes here... Uh, in the Proverbs, is that let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all day long. In other words, you want to have your mind stayed on the thing that God has said about you, about the group you're a part of. And there surely will be an end. God will bring this thing to a conclusion, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Uh, the, the expectation of the bride of Christ is very clear. Uh, we know what it is that's next. We know where we're going. And uh, we know what lays in store for us. After we are taken from here, there's a wedding supper. How many believe that? Say amen. Even though you've never been there now, you're talking about a tomorrow you haven't seen. But we believe by faith it's there, right? That's the language of faith. After that, we believe that there is a millennium for a thousand years. Do you believe that? And after that, then there's new heavens and new earth. There's a couple of details along the way, but that's basically what the agenda says for us, right? And our expectation or the outcome, the hope that we have, the things that uh, are, are going to uh, come to pass 
are exactly those things. And, and Solomon is giving us a, a, a word of advice here. He says, uh, be, be surely there is an end. This will come to a conclusion here, and an expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. It is an, it is an amazing privilege for us as God's people uh, to be able to live in an hour and recognize what's going on in that hour. Brother Bam said it's very easy for people to look back and look ahead and recognize what was done and what's going to happen. Uh, they might have a knowledge of it, but to experience what's happening in the present, that is something that God reserves only for His elect because He opens our eyes and helps us to see what's taking place. And it's not just an observation of current events. It's more than that. So let's, let's take a look here. Brother Bam made this prayer. He said, make us fit servants, Lord. 1962. And he's heading into 63 and the opening of the seals and all the, all the changes in his ministry that come with that. And he's just simply praying this way. Forgive our past, bless our future, guide us, Lord, with thy mighty hand. Bless these ministers, the laity, the visitors, and be with us, Lord. We are your servants. We give ourselves wholly to you for 1963. That the power of your spirit might have more preeminence in our life and in our being. How many can say amen to that? Forgive us and help us, raise us up, raise up mighty men, mighty warriors of the faith. How many can say amen to that? Open this year, Lord, that hidden manna, the rock beneath the rock, that we might see the program of God. And cap off the pyramids of our life, Lord, the capstone, Jesus Christ, upon each and every one of us. The rock beneath the rock that we might actually catch, see, and understand the program of God. Because that's what's, that's what's a unique privilege to the bride of Christ. It's not unique that somebody would pray that God would raise up mighty men. They've prayed that all through the ages, right? Lots of people have prayed that through the ages. But to be able to see the program of God in the time that that program's unfolding, that's a, that's a privilege that's reserved for God's elect. That's a privilege that's reserved for God's people. And I'm thankful that God has, has made, given us an awareness of the things that are happening right in our time. There's lots happening. Now, Paul writes in Romans chapter 16, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, God has things said. God has things in his mind. God has things hidden. And when God hides something, ain't no way you're going to figure it out. Ain't no way you're going to get it all right. You might get a part of it right, but you're not going to get it all right. And when God has it hidden, it's going to remain there until God lets it out. And the way that God lets it out is the way that God has always done it, and that is the word of the Lord comes to a prophet. And these prophets ascend up into the place where they can catch the thought of God for that hour. And they come down and they declare that thing for this hour. And that's how the people of God know what God's program is for that hour. Are we all right? So now, here's Paul, and he's praying this way. He says that God may establish you according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is being made manifest. It's not all being made manifest, but the portion for this day is being manifested. Right? Because there was more to come. And he says, according to the commandments of the everlasting God made known unto all nations for the obedience of faith, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. So Paul is recognizing that there is a mystery for our day. And if there's a mystery, there has to be a people to believe that mystery for, our, for that day. And God allows that understanding to come and be manifest and be made known. And Paul's excited about that. And he's praying that the people would catch that. 
He's praying that the people would come under that influence and they'd be, uh, they, they would not only hear it and understand it and come in tune with God, but they would also act on that. And for the obedience of faith is what he's referring to. That, that they would uh, walk in obedience to that. They continue to walk in that light. It's no good for God to give us a revelation of great secret mystery things if we don't do anything about it, right? If we don't react to that. We are going to renovate our sanctuary here. We're going to change some stuff. And it's going to be, going to be different. Let me tell you, that, that's not just going to happen because we want it to happen. That takes planning. That takes saving. That takes lining up people. That takes communicating. It takes, uh, we, we have to act on, uh, we have to act on the, the, the desire that we have, the knowledge that we have of how to get this done. But it isn't just going to happen just because we want it to be done. And it, it's, 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 a, uh, it's a thing that, you know, is already in planning. It's already in motion. And uh, it, it, uh, to me, it'll be a wonderful thing. It'll be, a, it'll be really nice, really nice. And prior to, prior to doing that, uh, you know, there's somebody's got to take out their pencil and sit down and work all these little pieces out and all these all these uh, issues out. And we're gonna we're gonna move over in the fellowship hall for a little while. And uh, you know, we got to recreate church over there and all of that. And then we leave this free. And then there's work that's being done here. And then we're gonna move back and all the other pieces. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of lot of lot of stuff. It'll be a doing thing. But it it isn't just gonna happen because uh, you know. It needs to happen. It's going to happen because somebody rolls up their sleeves and actually gets it done. Paul is, Paul is in a sense, Paul is implying the same thing. That there is, there's a season and there's a people and there's a time and there's a mystery for a particular age. And he says once that comes, it sets in motion all kinds of things. Now all of a sudden the bride, uh, you know, the, the believer in that particular day, they become the foundation stone. They become the, the building block upon which all the other ages are built. And we're now going to actually, from this point forward here, as Paul describes in Romans, Paul is used as a master builder, but now there's a church going to begin to come in formation, and I'm the guy, I'm the one, who is bringing this revelation to you, upon which God is going to actually build this church. And he begins to lay this foundation, and now all of a sudden there's work that goes on here. It, 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 it is something that in the mind of God, and he's the one with the pencil figuring it all out. And God's already got it all thought out. And there's a church that's all, you know, getting ready to be built. And, uh, you know, the, the Jews are going to fade out of this. They're going to be cut off. The Gentiles will come into the picture and they'll be there and involved in this. And <clears throat> Excuse me, the commandments and the ordinances and all of those things there. All of those things become applied to the Gentile bride now. And if God could do that for that age, believe me that God is also at work in the last age, wrapping up this last day's bride and getting ready to turn it over to Israel and taking his bride from here. All right, these are elementary things that I'm saying here. I'm just using different statements to do it. God's people in Egypt. That was the problem. That's the reason for the exodus. God's people in Egypt, they never, they never were to remain there. So God deals with one man. He brings Moses into the picture, gives him a revelation, which is a disclosure of God's own nature and purpose. 
And he's now going to reveal that or speak that through his spokesman. Something in which there is a disclosure uh, that we never knew. We may have known the promise was there, but now the promise and the time is there and the presence of God is there to make it all happen, to make it come to pass. You cannot have a revelation from God that contradicts the Scripture. You can't have a revelation that, uh, you know, of some twist on marriage and divorce that's contrary to Scripture. You can't have some revelation or claim, no matter how sincere a person may be, you can't claim to be a woman preacher called and ordained by God when there's no place in the Scripture for a woman preacher. We're okay with that? All the brothers said. It's a disclosure of his nature and his purpose for mankind. So you can't put it in reverse. You can't put a revelation in the mind of God that you've got that's different from his. There's one thing God doesn't do is change. So therefore, you can't change the mind of God with your revelation. A real revelation from God is a disclosure of his own nature and his own purpose. It's, that's a very different way of, of looking at it for a lot of people. We know that whenever changes come, junctions come, or changes in the program come, they come normally with great distress. The older we get, the harder we find that it is to change. And as happened in the first time, let's look at the second paragraph, to have anything that gives birth has to have pains of distress. And they certainly was going to go through pains of distress and anguish to get from law unto grace. This is a time when John the Baptist rose up and they were going to move now into the days of Christ and then, of course, into the days of Paul, into the days of grace. And all of the religious order and all the religious practices of that time were now going to be changed because now the blood of Christ was here. Now the blood of of the Messiah was here. And redemption now would mean something different after Calvary than what it did before. And salvation and justification and all those new phrases now came into the place. And it represented a change. There were pains of distress that were involved in that change. And Brother Bram said they were sure going to go through that. They were sure going to go through that. You know, all of us will say that we want to go through uh, all of this and we want to, uh, you know, change and be brought over on the other side. All of us, all of us would want to do that. If we, if we asked for a show of hands, everybody would say, yes, I want to go. But we also do know that Getting from here to there is probably going to have stress associated with it. The birth pains of getting from here to there. And don't be afraid. Let's, let's, let's look at a couple of principles here. John chapter 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Obviously, God chose the age you're living in. He chose the age you're not living in, too. We could have easily been in a missionary age back with John Wesley. Could have easily been in the dark ages and lived during that dark time. Could have easily done that. We didn't get a choice in what age we're living in. And if God ordained for each person to live in a certain time and gave them the capacity and the gifts they needed 
to be able to fulfill God's purpose in their age, then God also has wired us to not only catch the program of God for our time, but also to fulfill the purpose of God for our time. Right? Fulfilling the purpose of God for our time is why you're here. And God must have put, in, in God's own sovereign way, put something in us to fulfill what he's got planned for this hour. And that, that plan involves us leaving here like Enoch did, without death, into another, uh, into another dimension, into another country, and so, or into another land, if you like. That's exactly what it is that's going to happen. Now, just for time's sake, let me just, I'm, I'm moving, I would just want to move on to something here. He's still God, Brother Branham said. And he's right on schedule. And the only thing for us to do is just schedule our belief, our faith, with his being here, and it'll happen. He's still God. And he's right on schedule. And the only thing for us to do is just schedule our faith with his being here. And it'll happen. You have to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of, number one, trying to figure out God and have all the answers in a row. Because there really is no way to figure everything out about God. With the mind you have, your mind is finite, and God is an infinite being. He is. He's the uncreated, right? It's kind of like the guy who uh, one time uh, humorously had a conversation with the Lord, and he said, hey, uh, you know, you're not the only creator. You're not the only uh, one that's able to make things. And so God put him to a contest, and he said, he said well, let's, let's do this. He said, you can, uh, you can create something, and I'll create something. The man said, no problem. He said, he reached down, picked up a handful of dirt, and, and the Lord said, hey, hold on, hold on, find your own dirt. Find your own earth. <clears throat> the earth is the Lord's. He was, he's the only being that was uncreated. I, I, I'm, we don't have time to do it, but you ought to do it this week. Take 15, 20 minutes and just unplug Disconnect, get your Bible, and get quiet for 15, 20 minutes, and just try to figure that out. God is the only uncreated being that there is. In other words, before anything existed, he was. And if we have trouble with that, you'll have trouble with everything else that exists. If we can just believe that he is the eternal, then let me tell you, a lot of other things make sense. It kind of puts you on the right level where you should be. The next thing you want to do is just make sure that you understand you're a part of that eternal. You're just as eternal as God is. But he's God. So what Brother Branham is making sure we understand is that a day in the Lord is is a, a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. There's many, there's many ways we could refer to that scripture or talk about that scripture, but let's just say it this way. Time is not really important to God because God does not change. When you're older, you think about running out of time. We hear of people having their 30th birthday. I do. I hear people having their 30th birthday. I think Steve this year is having his 30th birthday. And immediately the response is, oh, I wish I could be 30. I, you know, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be great to be 30 again. And, uh, you know, that's kind of immediately the reaction that we have when you, when you, you know, when you think about uh, youth and somebody turn, turning an age like that. That would be great. 
I have photo albums that help me remember what it was like to be 30 years old. My wife, my wife and I, we've been looking at some old photographs that we had, and for different reasons, we were just digging out some old things and looking at some of the, some of the things that happened back there. And my goodness, what year was that? And uh, where was that? And you pictures from different places all over the world. Or uh, there was a, a shot of uh, there was a photograph she showed me yesterday. It took me a good while to figure out what it was, and it was actually our land. Before we bought it, the land where our house is now in Virginia, before we bought it, and we were just looking at it. We were just uh, with the guy who was selling it, and we were just standing on the land and looking at it. And, my goodness, I had to look at that for a long time to figure out what this was. And it's, it's actually our land. And it's been changed so much, and looked, it looks so different now. It was just a cornfield is all it was uh, back in that day. And the contours of the land and everything else, it really threw me. And I'm thinking, wow, that's me in the picture, so I was there. But that's the only thing I know for sure. And I had to look at that and try to figure that out. And uh, my goodness, it's just, just an amazing thing how, how, you know, how time for us, this, this change is stamped over everything about us and everything about this life. But with God, he doesn't change. And so therefore, he views time as something very different. As a matter of fact, I believe the way that God looks at time is that his watch wouldn't have numbers or dates on it like ours does, you know, like days of the month or hours of the, of the, of the day. He doesn't have that. He has a clock that says, whoa, it's a, it's a quarter to the first exodus. Or it's half past resurrection. You know, it, these are events along the, the timeline that God knows that are now almost ready, almost ripe. Right? Israel's down in, down in Egypt for 400 years, and, uh, you know, hey, time to go to the burning bush. So he's got a little, instead of a, a three, he's got a burning bush there in his clock. This is where I need to be. When the, when the hands stretch there, ah, that's where I need to be. Or, you know, a little bit later on, he's got a, another hand that moves down there, and it's just a picture of the River Jordan. Ah, he's got to get down there and open up the River Jordan so the children of Israel can come back into the land. I believe that's probably the way that God views time differently than how we do it. We say, Brother Barry, hurry up. You only got about 15 minutes left until you know what. And that's a number that you're looking at. Or I guess an event, right? You'd have a plate on your, on your clock there. My father-in-law just had his 94th birthday. Lucas wanted to see what 94 candles would actually look like on a cake. And they did it. Our fire alarms all went off, but 94 candles all burning at the same time. It's really quite an amazing spectacle. But nonetheless, that, that there's great change that takes place for us. And we mark those changes over time. God looks at it a little bit differently. He, he, like I say, I believe that he looks at it and says, it, it, this is about to happen. This is about to happen. And so he does not reveal the day and the moment and the time. We just know the season that it's going to happen. In other words, the hands are moving down to the change, the translation of the bride. That's the next order of business, right? The next thing on his great clock is a change of your body. And he's move, the hands are moving towards that. He doesn't tell us exactly the moment or the hour, but we know it's coming. And here's Brother Branham telling us, giving us good advice. The only thing you need to do, the only thing you really can do, is make sure your clock and his clock say the same thing. Because when it strikes that hour, you need to know that. 
when it comes to the changing of the bodies of the bride of Christ and, and our transportation out of here, we need to know that. We don't want to have our watch slow. We want to make sure we're in tune with that. And, and that's what, to me, it, 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 is, it is imperative that we have a clear understanding of things. And I believe that's why God has, has allowed the message to be here over the years, even past the life of Brother Branham and, and the fivefold ministry to be able to minister to the bride to make it even more clear than what it was back then. We thank God, for the, for the, obviously, for the prophet and the bringing of the message. But I'm thankful that we've had these years to be able to grow up in it and to be able to learn and understand more clearly what it really is speaking about. How many would agree? God's given us great understanding over these years and, and to be able to uh, align with that. So here's Brother Brandon now speaking to us. Every one of you, he says, cleanse your heart. It serves as this, the, the sign of the end. And this is his sermon where he's in 1962, where he's thinking out loud. He's, project, he's conjecturing. He's, he's pondering this. Are all of these events truly what they are indicating? We're living at the end. This is the wind-up of all things. And at the end of it, he says this. He said, every one of you, he said, cleanse your heart. Lay aside everything, every weight. Keep it out of your way. Don't let nothing bother you. Don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared about. If Jesus is coming, it's a moment that the whole world has groaned and cried for. If something's breaking forth now, a new gift or something, it'll be wonderful. It'll be good for the people. If it's coming time that the revelation of the seven thunders will be revealed to the church, how to go? I don't know. I have just stated what I saw. I'm only telling you what I've seen. What a time. It's serious and solemn thinking. And if it would be time for me to go, Lord, I'm yours. When you're finished, finish with me. Come, Lord Jesus. Now watch what he says. I don't say I desire to depart. I don't. I've got a family to raise. I've got a gospel to preach. But that's according to his will, not mine. I don't know. I'm just stating to you what, what if. And what is, God will bring it to pass. But sirs, could this be? Could this be the end? Brother Jonathan and I were talking about this several months back, and I just was really impressed with his statement because he basically said the same thing, that there's a part of us that doesn't want to see this actually happen. You know, we have children and, and growing children, grandchildren. And, uh, you know, there's a part of us that doesn't want to let go of this life in this dimension because it's the only one we've known. It's the only life, the only body, the only world we've ever known is this one. And here, the scriptures are categorically asking us to walk in faith, schedule yourself with God, line up with him, because he's going to change your body and destroy this world in the wake. And you're going to go to something entirely new, entirely different, entirely, uh, completely separate than, than, than the world you're living in now. We have the understanding that the world we're going to is better. The body we're going to is better. The conditions we're going to are way better. The absence of, our, of an enemy in that world is real. He's not going to be there. And we've never known a world without an enemy, without an antagonist. We've never known the world that way. But everything points to where we're going is much better than where we are. 
But he's being real honest. And I love this honesty where he says, I, I don't say that I desire to depart. He said, I, got, I, I feel like i got things to do. i got a gospel to preach. i got things. But you know what? I gave my will to him a long time ago. And it's not up to me. It's up to him. It's not according to my will, but his will. He said, I'm just stating to you, what if? Therefore, there's, there's two things that we feel at the same time. And he says right here, if, if there's something breaking forth, it'd be wonderful. Don't let anything scare you. He said, this is what we've grown for. It's what we cried out for. I was looking at some of the pictures, like I said, with my wife this week, and I was looking at some of the dinners that we had out here outside. And, you know, Sister Carol Hanley was there, and Brother Larry was there, and Sister Molly was there, Brother Luther was there, and, you know, all different ones. And, uh, you know, you, you think about, man, for me as a pastor, it'd, I'd love to see them. I, I just, something struck me when I saw their faces in the pictures, and I was just thinking, man, I'd love to, I'd love to talk with them. I'd love to see them again. You'd love to be able to embrace them, you know, because they're very much a part of us. They're part of our family. And, and uh, you know, you, you know they're, they're not here. We believe they're on the other side, and it would be just wonderful to see them over there and all of that. There's nothing, I believe, there's nothing really to be afraid of when it comes to leaving here and going to that place where they have gone. But it is a sobering thing. And Brother Bram's acknowledging that. He said it's a serious and a solemn thinking about us. It's easy to say. It's easy to say, the God who has led us this far, he's the one that's going to lead us the rest of the way. And I believe that. (laughs) My goodness, I'm trusting in that. I hope you are too. Trusting in that because God will bring it to pass and he'll bring it to pass in his time. I'm just simply suggesting to you this morning that I believe this whole process, what we're going through and what we're going through in this church and what the world is going through is number one, is to loosen our connection with this world. There's not a one of us here who probably doesn't really want to see 2020 in the rearview mirror. There's things about what we've been through in this last year that we'd like to see over with. I'm not suggesting that 2021 is going to be all sunshine and roses. I'm just saying that the way we feel is that, you know, no matter what you're doing, even if you've been prospered and even if you've been blessed over this year, it's still been hard. It's been hard for everybody because everything now is layered with layers of difficulty that, you know, make make things questionable and make things, you know, a little fearful and all the rest of it. And, and surrounded by the world, I believe that the Holy Spirit is loosening our ties with this world. But I believe also, too, that what is happening and what's going on, number two, is that I believe that correspondingly, God is building something within the bride, which is a resolve to trust him in a way probably we have never really trusted him. Because this kind of a trust is different than trust for healing and faith for uh, a miracle. Those things are all good and real. But I believe that what we're moving into is a faith, a greater faith, that suggests that this is going to actually be more powerful than your physical body. And even the thinking that we have now 
but a desire, I believe, that we'll all say the same thing, and that is even so, come Lord Jesus and take us from here. And this is, to me, this is the, when, when you look at statements like this with Brother Bannum, now he's in 1962 and he's coming into a new facet of his ministry, a new part of things, and all, all of that has actually, you know, taken place. And he doesn't really know fully what the definition of that's going to be. What's it going to look like? He doesn't really know. But he does know this, that God has given him steps to step on to bring him to where he is. And great faith, to me, allows you to take another step even if we even if we're walking on ground that nobody has ever walked on great faith is willing to say my reasoning stops here i can't i have nothing to compare this to but i believe that it's right for us to do this and there's something in me that just can't go back the other way i've got to keep going forward this way and he says, I don't say that I desire to depart and go that way. If I could, I'd like to avoid that. And, and ideally, we could all go together at, at the one time. I believe that's where we're shaping, shaping up to come to, is all of us leave at one time. And Brother Bram's talking about if he had to go by way of the grave and leave his family to be raised by somebody else, by his wife or somebody else, and all the difficulties that are involved in that. And the feeling that he's got something more to do in this life. And he's got, uh, you know, more responsibilities to, to fulfill in this life here. But you know what? This isn't up to, to me at all. It's really, truly up to God. And so for us, I believe that, number one, it's a loosening of ties with this world because we kind of see how futile really it all is and how quickly things can change. And so our empire, our, our, our kingdom is, is really, uh, you know, a paper kingdom in this world. We want to be the best stewards we can. We want to do the best work we can. We want to be the best parents we can. And all of those things we want to fulfill given our commission in this world. But I will tell you something that our, 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 our hopes and our, our, our found, really our kingdom, the, the thing that is enduring for us is in another kingdom. It's in another place. And so therefore we, we, we prepare for that. And that's what, that's what to me this message is about. It's more than just about taking you out of the church you were in and putting, in, putting you in this one. It's more than just about church dinners and new friends. It is more than that. It is a preparation for you to be able to make that step and make it willingly. To change my heart, oh God. And to be able to say like Brother Branham says right here, but it isn't my will, it's his will. And have that determination in your heart that, you know what, even though I can't logically figure it out and I can't predict what's next, I am willing to say, not my will, but thine be done. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stop here. So what God's been doing, I believe, is loosening the church, loosening it from, from this world and loosening it from things that don't produce the right kind of faith to the place where we can have the freedom to be able to enjoy the word. And you know what? I, I've, I've, I've appreciated that. I've appreciated that within our own assembly here. Uh, the, the freedom to be able to minister and to be able to enjoy the message, and uh, none of you, uh, none of you, as far as I know, have ever pulled back because we've, we've, uh, you know, expressed the message and quoted the message. 
God forbid. We're believers. We trust in the message of the hour. But our thinking, our believing is becoming so different than the people of the world. Um, even though we may not realize that we are, we are a standout. We are, we are a different group of people altogether. We think differently than just about anybody else in the world. We think differently about the Bible. We think differently about the future than just about anybody else. So whether an election goes one way or another to us, that's not the greatest loss. Whether a vaccine works or not, that's even not the greatest loss. To us, we only have one thing that we're concerned about, is that making sure that our clock and his clock are all on the same, exactly the same moment in time. And then I'm walking in harmony and in time with him. I'm walking through this and completing this journey with him. That's what, I, that's what I'm concerned about. Hey, heavens and earth can pass away, but his word will not pass away. It, it'll come to pass just exactly as he said. So, Lord, take the hands of my life and align it exactly with the hands of your, your program. Let me see that and let me walk in obedience to that. That's really what we want to do. That's what we want to do. <clears throat> Change my heart, oh God, and make it ever true. Let's just worship Him now for a little bit. Make it our prayer, Lord Jesus. Change our hearts today, Lord. You were the potter. And you are the
going to make it. He's already said I would. I'm glad for that. Let's sing it this morning. I'm going to make it. He's already said that I would. And I'll keep on trusting that He's working You really mean it now. One more time. Aren't you glad you're going to make it? In God's mind, it's already a done deal, right? We just need to make sure we're aligned with Him. Aligned with Him. Let's sing that little chorus before we dismiss this morning. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. Let's sing that together this morning. And uh, <clears throat> we'll have a word of prayer this morning. All you want to do now, from just, just very simply summarizing things. I, when I found that statement where Brother Bam says that God does everything according to His schedule. He doesn't consult and he doesn't take votes or anything. He has a schedule. He has a timeline. And I, I, just, I just find it the most profitable thing I can do is just align with that. Just continue to align with that. And if there's things in the way in my life that, that prevent me from doing that or doing that easily, you know what? We're going to do battle with those things. We're going to get those things out of the way. And God, God has a way of reminding us or showing us things that are in the way. And I believe the Holy Spirit has ways of digging deeper in your life to help you get those obstacles out of the way. Because remember, there's things about all of us that God does not want to have in eternity. Because if we were all ready to go, we'd be gone. So he's still working on us. Watch, though, how he works. Because he's going to work in amazing ways, I think. Let's sing Amazing Grace shall always be my song of praise. Amazing Grace shall always be my song of
Heavenly Father, as we approach your throne of grace and mercy, even now, we know, Lord Jesus, you're attentive to our heart's cry. And Lord, it's a wonderful thing in a world, Lord, that's filled with all kinds of distractions and and people seeking entertainments, Lord, continually. People who seldom retain the thoughts of God in their mind. Lord, you have a people here who are crying out to you. And Lord, make my life line up with your will. Make my life one with yours. I believe, Lord, it must give you delight to see the hearts of this group of people here today, Lord. Just in unison, Lord, desiring that one thing. That we could be one together, and Lord, we could be one with you. Because, Lord, that's where we're heading. That's where we're moving. To be in a kingdom with you, Lord. To be forever with you in a body that we belong in. And, Lord, while we're here... Lord, there are trials, there are stresses, there are difficulties. There are things, Lord, that life has imprinted upon us that many of us, Lord, if we could, we would like to let go. And, Lord, if we could, there are many things, Lord, that sometimes we're even unaware of. But, Lord, you know all about it. And so we just want to be mindful of you this morning. Lord, we think about the Fulcher today, Lord, and 
in in the position he's in today, Lord, I just ask that you would draw near to him. Give him the aid, the healing touch, the strength that he needs, Lord. We ask, Lord, for your mercy to be extended to him. Bless him, I pray. None of us deserve your mercies. But, Lord, we believe we are the redeemed by the blood of Jesus' cross. And so we come, Lord, as members of the family, we come and just ask these requests. We bring these petitions before you. Touch Brother Fulcher, Lord, we pray. We give the rest of the day to you, Lord. Bless our fellowship, our time together, Lord. May it be fruitful. Protect us. Guide us. Lead us, I pray, through this week. And we'll give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. The thing that as we go this morning, may God bless you. I assume that we're ready and we can just head over. We have nowhere else to go. Sing this as you go this morning. May God bless you. I will praise the Lord.
tries to stop me, turn me aside. There's no need for you to go on. Why do you even try? Even if there was a rapture, you'd never make it in. But I just say, Satan, that only proves you're a liar again. I'm going to keep pressing on. Stop me, turn me aside. There's no need for you to go on. Why do you even try? Even if there was a rapture, you'd never make it in. Could I just say, Satan, that only proved you're a liar again? I'm gonna keep pressing on. See you.